السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم ما بعد On praises are due to Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and may His choices, blessings be upon our leader Nabi Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Imagine if the masjid could speak if the masjid had a tongue and it could express itself Now this is not some far-fetched fantasy theory of mine Hey, Moana, this is like even hypothetically you are pushing things How can a masjid speak? How can a non-animate non-loving object express itself so for a moment just take it that a non-animate object if it had the ability to lift its hands and make dua before Allah or pour out its heart before Allah or cry before Allah or beg before Allah what it would have said there are many examples not of the masjid of other items tangible and non-tangible in Islam which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give a form to and some of them will speak, some of them will bear witness, some of them will intercede we all know about it on the day of Qiyamah when the lips will be sealed, the limbs will be talking, the hands will talk, the feet will bear witness we read Quran, Nabi salam encouraged us to read the Quran he said on the day of Qiyamah it will come to your benefit taqdimuhum al-Baqara wa al Imran Surah Baqarah and Surah Ali Imran will be right in front, pushing you forward. We go for Hajj, we go for Umrah, we either touch the black stone or we make istilam from far. And uh, when you make istilam, Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, hadith of Tirmidhi explained that this black stone will be brought up on the day of Qiyamah with two eyes which will, which will be able to see, a tongue it will be able to speak. Non-animate, black stone. But it will bear witness for all those who greeted it, who made istilam of it in reality with haq, with truthfulness. Now when we come to, we talk of istilam of the Blackstone, I'm just remembering one joke someone told me many years ago. But, uh, I don't know if it's appropriate. He said, Moana, you know, you must treat your in-laws like the Hajri Aswad. I said, oh, subhanAllah, mashallah, man. I mean, what the person... He's treating his in-laws with so much respect like how he treats the Blackstone. He said, no, no, Molana, you never understood. Blackstone, if you get too close, you get smashed in. <laughs> if you make salam from far, you're safe. <laughs> That's what I mean, treat your in-laws <laughs> like the Blackstone, like Hajj al-Aswad. But anyways, there's many other items. We know family relationships. To maintain family relationships is encouraged in Islam. On the day of Qiyamah, it will be given a physical form. مُعَلَّقَةٌ بِالْعَرْشِ تَقُولُ مَنْ وَصَلَنِي وَصَلَهُ اللَّهُ وَمَنْ قَطَعَنِي قَطَعُهُ اللَّهُ It will be hanging on the arsh of Allah and say, Oh Allah, that person who upheld family ties, you look after him today. That person who broke off family ties, you destroy him today. Leave Qiyamah, even every day, the sun, where does the sun go? Nabi alayhi salam asked the Sahaba, do you have any idea where the sun goes when it sets? They said, we have no idea. So he goes and makes sajda before the throne of Allah, seeking permission to rise again. So every single item in the kudrat and power of Allah is possible to give it a loving form. Today I want to ask you if the masjid could talk. If at the time of the hajjud the masjid could lift its hands and beg before Allah, what it would be saying? It would be saying, oh Allah, what is wrong with me? Why have people abandoned me? Where are all my lovers? 
We are all those people who said they love me. Oh my Allah, no lover, no beloved can live without the lover. No mother can enjoy life if he's separated from she's separated from her children. There's no majnoon who can enjoy their life if there's separation from Layla. Even the walls of the town of Layla, Amurru ala diari diari Layla, wa uqabbilu dal jidari wa dal jidara, wa mahubu diari shagafna kalbi, walakin hubbu man sakana diara. I mean, love, I just kissed the walls also of Layla. Oh Allah, where is all those lovers of mine? What happened? They abandoned me, they left me, maybe they found another Layla, maybe they gone somewhere else. Or is it just one small fear which has been put in their heart? One virus which came and told them that listen here, your beloved masjid, you used to go and you were so connected. You were there five times a day. You used to spend time. Your heart was connected. Your, your beating of your pulse used to happen in the masjid. You never felt sukoon, itminan, contentment anywhere else like how you felt when you were in your beloved in the masjid. Now the fear has been put in you. Oh Allah, are my beautiful taps and smart wudukhanas and most hygiene toilets of the most hygiene nation in the world not good enough for them anymore? Oh Allah, what's wrong? Is my, are my floors and my carpets carriers of germs? Me, the beloved, am I going to kill my lovers when they come to me? Oh my Allah, what's wrong? Why are people running away from me? Why have they abandoned me? Am I a super spreader of germs? Am I something which suddenly I became hated? Instead of being the most beloved? Oh my Allah, did your Nabi not inform them? Did he not inform them that the person whose heart is connected to me, he'll be under the shade of the arsh on the day of Qiyam? Oh my Allah, why are people so casually going to the malls, to the restaurants, to the shops, to the businesses, to their workplace? They're living like normal. South Africa is at level zero long time. But they're hesitant to come to me. They're scared to come to me. They're scared to visit me. Oh Allah, did I was I not given the title and the honor of being Ahabbul Bilad, the most beloved place unto you in the world? And the marketplace was called Abghadul Bilad, the most detested and disliked place to you. But why is everyone rushing there and they're abandoning me? Oh my Allah, what is wrong with me that people feel I cannot come and visit the masjid anymore? Oh my Allah, those people who came, today the whole world is waiting for the rahmah and the mercy of Allah. Those personal people who used to come visit me, they walk in with their right foot and they say, Allahumma ftahli abwaaba rahmatik. Oh Allah, open your doors of mercy for me. And automatically your doors of mercy are open and showering down on that person. But he prefers to stay away. I'd rather be safe. I don't want to take a chance. I'll read my salah at home. Malana, it's very dangerous to come to the masjid. What happened to those people? Oh Allah, did your Nabi not tell us that haqqun ala Allah, that person who comes to the masjid, he is in the responsibility of Allah. In Asha, ruziqa wa kufiya, as long as he's alive, Allah says, I will protect you and I will look after you and provide for you. When he passes away, Allah says, I guarantee you entrance into Jannah because you were a regular visitor to me, the masjid. Oh my Allah, what happened? What changed? Did one virus change my, all my lovers? All of a sudden, everything is different. Do you remember the good old days? In the time of Sahaba, 
When one wind blew strongly in Medina, they would rush to me. They would come to me, the masjid. Today, Allah, what has happened to these lovers? Are these lovers the same? They say they love me. They say as Muslims. And you, oh Allah, your Nabi told us that that person who frequently visits me, everyone can give testimony and can judge in this world already. Bear witness this man has true and strong iman. Wallah, what happened? Where did the whole change of scenario go? People used to come and used to feel contented in me. Today people are hesitant to even walk towards me, to come to me, to spend time with me. Evenings, mornings. Wallah, you are the giver of perfect light. Allahu nuru samawati wal ard. The nur of the heavens and the earth. You promised perfect nur on the day of Qiyamah for that person who will visit me in the hours of darkness. Today, oh Allah, what's happening? Masjids which had full capacity are at half or even less than half. Big, big masjids, people are complaining. We don't get 10 and 20 people even. Then even on the government door of 50, we don't even fill the 50. We don't even get near the 50. Every single person is scared, is afraid. Oh Allah, what happened? Remember, the, how can a lover, he wants to just rush in last minute, mask like the mask of Zorro when he's coming in and he's rushing and he's reading and he's running away. What happened to the time when he would spend time with me? The lover and the beloved needs to be connected. Oh my Allah, you remember that for Fajr Salah, you promised that person who will perform it, here in me, he will be guaranteed to be under your protection the entire day. What more can we ask for? Your Nabi told us many years ago already, O oh Allah, that that person, that salah which will be the most difficult for the munafiqeen to attend to. Today when you even say the word munafiq, people jump out of their skins. Oh, who are you to judge? Who are you to say anything? The Nabi of Allah said the most difficult salah for the munafiqeen to come will be the salah of Isha and the salah of Fajr. But if they knew the true, true reality of coming to perform it in the masjid, even if they had to crawl, they would have come to the masjid to witness the Isha and the Fajr, the Salah of Jamaat. Oh my Allah, oh my beloved Allah, didn't you promise this Ummah they will get 25 to 27 times more reward if they just come in person? That's all I'm asking. I'm missing them. My every beat, my fiber is missing them. Do they also miss me? Is this Ummah of Muhammad وسلم, also feeling the same for me? Like how I feel for them? Like how I miss them? Like how I, I don't see them? And I wonder, they were such regular visitors. How I enjoyed the time when we were full. When everyone used to be here. And now, oh Allah, they have just abandoned me and left me. Oh Allah, remember those times, those good old days. When people used to come early to the masjid. They would spend time in reading Quran and making dhikr. Taking your name. They would read Quran and they would sit until the Salah of Ishraq. And today it's run in and run out, oh Allah. Why? Is, is, it, is it something wrong with me? The masjid is asking. Is there something wrong with me? Remember those warm evenings when people would gather for programs, for bayans, for gusht, for ta'aleem. You remember the dhikr, halqas and, and gatherings which should take place. The learning and teaching which used to take place. Oh Allah, for years and years, since the inception of Muslims in South Africa, over 300 years ago, all the effort was made towards one thing, connect this ummah to me, to the masjid. 
From the beginning time of Tuang Guru and Sheikh Yusuf Makassari, may Allah have mercy on them and all those who brought Islam and preserved Islam. From the handwritten Quran to our masjid in, in Cape Town. From the years and years of mashayikh and elders who have come to our country and exhorted us and told everyone, come connect yourself to the house of Allah. All the years of tabligh, jamaat and effort which has happened, Allah, is one virus going to break it all? Is one virus going to end it all? Imagine the cry ah, in the heart of the masjid. Oh my beloved Allah, please end this misery now. Please end this misery. Bring back everyone, oh Allah. Oh Allah, we know that the Muslims of South Africa are strong. They will not fall into a trap of fear. Oh Allah, they will bounce back even more strong than before. Oh Allah, give them the courage to be able to come and visit me once again. I can't live without them. I don't know how are they living without me. How can a Muslim love without being attended in the masjid? How can a Muslim love what is conscious in his mind? I'm fine, I'm performing my salah at home. The pivotal place of, the, of a Muslim community is the masjid. It's the basis of your life. You can't love a life without being in a masjid. Allah bring an end to all this. Just bring back my lovers. Oh Allah, in your Quran, when you spoke about the masjid, you said there will be men of the masjid. Rijal. This virus has separated the boys from the men, the fake lovers from the true lovers. Allah, bring back the true lovers every day, five times a day to my house. Can you imagine what is the heart? The heart of the masjid is bleeding. The, tear, the eyes are tearing. If the masjid could speak, you would hear from all the walls echoing. Oh my ummat, oh ummat of Muhammad sallallahu I'm not beautiful carpets and chandeliers and four walls. I'm hollow without you. I'm empty without you. I need you here every single day. That's the only way a strong Muslim community will be built. Ah, this is the message of the masjids which are open. Can you imagine some places in South Africa, masjids are still closed after four, more than four months. Imagine what those masjids' hearts will be bleeding like. And it's so ironical. Actually, it's sad. The way people try and justify. The whole country is carrying on, but they say... By this week, we will ensure and we will discuss the, uh, uh, whether it is good or not to open the masjid with controlled things in place. And we will see whether it's feasible or not. Allahu Akbar, your whole life is carried on. You're going to decide whether it's feasible. And when they try and prove something, you must remember this year. Anyone who wants to prove anything can prove it from Quran and Sunnah also. They are the masters of cherry-picking, distorting, non-contextualizing, taking things out of context. The latest was doing its rounds. Umar radiallahu anhu, when he went, and the plague of Abwas, and how he turned back, and nafirru min qadrillahi ila qadrillah, how we run away from the taqdeer, but we're running away to the actual taqdeer of Allah. How they spin and put a spin on it to prove what they want to prove. It's such a joke. You're saying you're running away from taqdeer towards taqdeer. 
In other words, you're saying, we're scared of getting the virus in the masjid, so we're locking it, but we're still going to run to the shops and open it where we can still get it. That's what you're trying to say. Anyway, we don't have time. We don't be talking of the masjid, of the essence and the core of the life of a Muslim. We don't have time to debate these cherry pickers. I call them cherry pickers because you can take anything out of context and you can suit it, put it to yourself. I, okay, I got one question for them. Those people who are saying still close the masjid after four months and trying to use Umar name out of context and trying to prove from his life and his story. I got one question for you. If you were living in a time of Umar would you have the guts to stand up and say, let's close all the masjids because there's a virus? No. You wouldn't have the guts. You'll wet your trousers and you'll be watching your neck don't get chopped off. But you'll use it and say, no, this is, we're trying to save a life. Close all the masjids. Let the rest of your life carry on. Allah forbid. Anyways, coming back to the masjid. Unfortunately, the perception has been created in the minds of people. If I read my salah at home, it's fine. Many people will say that. Even Jummah and Eid Salah. Jummah and Eid Salah. A person told me a few weeks ago, he said, Moana, we six Muslims working in a certain company. Every, for all the time, we used to go for Jummah. So I can't remember which week he told me. Maybe it was two weeks ago, so he told me the incident of three weeks. Or three weeks and it was four weeks. He said, Moana, last Jummah, when we got up, he said, hey, it's time to go for Jummah. Four of us got up, the other two said, you guys carry on, we'll just read Zoria, it's, it's fine. No, no reason, no excuse, just, ah, it's fine. The concept of Allahu Akbar, and you know, some people, they try, everyone becomes muftis now. Some people get technical. But Molana wasn't permission given to read Salah at home? Molana isn't four of us, the Jumma is still done, isn't it? So it's fine. So we four of us at home, so why must I close my shop and go for one hour to the masjid? When you are four of us in the shop or us in the neighbor's shop, we just get together, five minutes, zoom, zoom, we're done. And we carry on opening our shop. So, you know, when people start getting technical, we learn certain things from our elders. Sometimes there's a way to respond to certain people who want to become muftis and want to get technical and say, but the bare minimum requirement is fulfilled for people. So we can carry on reading salah at home. I give you two answers. Number one, we're talking of bare minimum requirement. What is the aura? What is the sitter of a Muslim? From the navel till the knee, just covering the knee according to the Hanafis. So, what I'm going to do next week, I'm going to come here with my Bermudas. No kurta, no top, no turban, no jubba, no nothing. Just with my Bermudas, I'm going to jump up here. Now you guys are all smirking at me. You're trying, in your mind is a picture of Molana with his stomach hanging over and just a Bermuda is going to be sitting here on the mimbar. No one will want to read namaz here. No one will want to even listen. Wait, Molana, what's happening to you? Someone robbed you outside, you were running in here with your Bermuda. No, the bare minimum. Technically, it is fine. I mean, I'm covering and fulfilling the basic requirements which are needed. No one is going to sit. Everyone will disappear. Not because of my stomach, I'm just saying. But what way in your brain do you have the common sense? Allahu Akbar. You get one is the bare minimum requirement and one is the essence. Essence of Islam. Muhammad Hamid Sahib, the principle of Darul Mazadbar. He gave such a beautiful example. You know, these elders, Allah keep their shadow over us for a long time. In one sentence, he encapsulated it all. He said, there's hudud as shariat and there's mizaj as shariat. There's the bare minimum requirements and there's the essence of Islam. If you live on the bare minimum requirements, you're going to slip off. If you live with the essence of Islam, you will taste the sweetness of Iman.
Think of our marriages also. If you ask the Mufti, what is the basic requirements? Oh, I must give my wife food, shelter and clothing. Right, so that's the basic you do. Your marriage is going to last? No. No quality time, no love, no gifts, no, uh, no building the marriage together. That marriage is never going to last. No, I'm giving Molana, Mufti. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm giving her food, I'm giving her shelter, I'm giving her clothing. I've done my duty. It's not about that. It's about the essence of Islam. You can find a fatwa which will tell you that salah at your home with jamaat, you can still get reward, inshallah, not like the masjid, but still a little bit there. It's not the essence. And the other thing which people forget is a certain fatwa is given at certain times to fulfill a certain requirement for that time, for that extreme need. I'll give you a okay, time is up. Today we'll just take two minutes extra. A simple is pork haram? Every Muslim in the world says yes, it's haram. But Allah protect us, say myself and somebody is going in the jungle and we get lost, our cell phones are not working, we got no food, we got no water, we got nothing. We start starving for days on end. And suddenly, last bullet in my gun, and I see a, a boar, a PIG, a pig walking in front. And the guy said, Molana, can we shoot it and eat? I say, Bismillah, go for it. 100% halal. You're dying. Starvation. You shoot that animal, you take out a piece of the pig meat and you eat it because in that situation, you needed to do it to survive. And then a helicopter comes and rescues you and brings you home. Now you're in your nice house. All the family came to visit. Doctors saw you okay. And now you're busy telling your family, you know, how you sh- the, the hunters and the, and the fishermen, how they extend, you know, their stories. Oh, the lion came and he jumped over my head and I dodged him like this. And you know how we lived in the, in the jungle. And so you're telling all your grandchildren all the stories and your wife brings nice five-course meal. You say, no, 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 I don't want this. Bring me some pig meat. They think you've gone mad. You've gone insane. I was with Molana yesterday and he said, no problem, you can eat pig meat. Where were you yesterday and where are you today? What was given as a fatwa of emergency for the time when the governments forced us to close our masjids cannot carry on as a normal life. We need to come back to normal. I'll end this with just a few basic ahadith, three ahadith. Normally I like to end off positive, to give us a boost. But there has to be a balance between positivity and negativity. Towards, between encouragement and warnings. Three ahadith about the warnings of not coming to the masjid. Hadith number one, we mentioned this a few weeks ago already. Abdullah bin Mas'ud radiallahu authentic hadith said, the person who wishes to meet Allah tomorrow as a Muslim, he must come and perform his salah where the adhan is called in the masjid. And then he carries on lengthy hadith and he says, in our days, in the days of Sahaba, no one would stay at home besides an open munafiq. Like I said, if you say the word munafiq, people jump down your throat. Only an open munafiq would not come for salah with jamaat. He said if there was a sick person, he would be brought with the aid of two people until he could come into the masjid and perform his salah. Another hadith, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam himself said, I wish and I desire that the iqama be given. I appoint someone to read the salah. And I go around in Medina with youngsters with firewood. And listen to his words. Those people who are performing salah, not not performing, performing salah, but performing it in their homes, I will burn those houses to the ground. Rahmatulil alameen, harisun alaykum, that being who could not even see a thorn pricking a sahab, he says, I'm prepared to burn down the houses of those who are not performing salah. The last hadith, and I'll end it with this year. And now you will think and contemplate on how important and what is the depth of this year. Abdullah bin Umay Maktoum radiallahu anhu was a blind sahabi. 
He came once to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He said, Ana darir, I'm blind. Shasi'uddar. I live far away. Laysa liqa'id. I don't have a guide who can bring me all the time. In the narration of Muslim Ahmad, Ahmad, he says, on the road as well, the road is a very rough terrain. I can't even cross it. There's trees, there's stumps, there's rocks, everything in the way. I can't come every time. Is there permission for me to stay at home? Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, yes, for you, there's exemption, there's permission because of your extreme circumstance. When he stood up, Nabi Sallallahu stopped him and said, wait, nida? can you hear the adhan where your house is? He says, yes. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, respond and come to the masjid every single salah. I find no excuse for you. A blind sahabi staying in the furthest corner of Medina with rough terrain with no guide to bring him to the masjid. If I had to say that today, you tell me, Mulana, you're hardcore, you're extremist, you're fundamental, you like this, you like that. The Nabi of Allah, Rahmatullahi Alameen, says, Salah with Jamaat in the masjid is so important. You're blind, you live far away in the corner of Medina, you've got no one to bring you, you've got rough terrain to cross. You can hear the adhan, come to the masjid. That may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us with understanding of the focal and most important point of the Muslim's life. The central focus is the masjid. May Allah bless us once again to fall in love with the masjid, to come to the masjid every single day for five daily salah. May Allah ta'ala resurrect us on the day of Qiyamah from the people of the masjid. Wa akhru da'wan alhamdulillah.